When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Mason and Ireland, one more hour to go on this rainy Friday. We've been, uh, as a public service announcement, telling people if you don't have to go out, don't. It's like super wet out there and sloppy, and uh, they've already canceled. Breaking news, by the way, they've already canceled the soccer game tomorrow between LAFC and the Galaxy, so that's going to be played at a later date. Um, Man, I'm looking at the forecast. Thank you. It is not set to let up anytime soon no i we're gonna have to fly in this tomorrow because we're leaving for dallas in the morning but uh and speaking of the lakers last night the lakers blew out the warriors um and we started the show by talking about and i wanted to bring it up again um i asked andy before bergman i'll ask you okay how enthusiastic very. Am I allowed to be about these last two Laker wins? You're allowed to be very enthusiastic about it. This has been some of the most fun basketball you've seen from the Laker team in years. Like it's not. I mean, so I don't have to temper it by the fact that Zion was out and Steph was out oh. and Wiggins was out. And it to you guys, this is real progress because you're actually because it is to me. But I I'm biased. I, I see everything through purple and gold glasses, and I want him to win every game. You're, you're I don't know length. how much I, I'm allowed to to be excited here. You are allowed to be excited because you're seeing length from Vanderbilt. You're seeing um, and good de- and good defense. You're seeing three point shooting from D'Lo when he's healthy. He's not going to play on Sunday. It doesn't seem, but when from D'Lo and Malik Beasley putting up seven threes last night and coming off of screens and going around like there's cuts. There's more action on the offensive end. They're better. They're more action on the defensive end. This is a much better team than we've seen in a very long time. It's a roster that makes sense. But the other thing, like. Something I think we talked about this yesterday, John. Like, Laker fans have to kind of retrain their brain to look <laughs> past a lot of what happened pre-deadline, right? Because this team is honestly, it's a different roster. Like, it's such a different roster now. There are five, counting Rui Hachimura, who they traded for what, like two or three weeks before the deadline. Right. Roster. It's five new rotation guys. Like, it's a legitimately different roster like even even if you're tempering your expectations like in terms of can they make the play in can they actually get into the playoffs can they can they win the amount of games necessary even if you're tempering their expectation there you still have to evaluate it as a different team because it is a different team you know people aren't talking about enough yeah uh, mo bamba is very active blocks a lot of shots and we interviewed him after the game last night, is genuinely happy to be here. Mo. Yeah, that's uh, Jorge doing our, our Letterman bit. Um, the um, it To me, it seems that there's a lot of reason for optimism. Now, this next road trip is fascinating. We're at Dallas on Sunday. We won't be favored in that game. We're at Memphis on Tuesday. We will not be favored in that game. I don't even know if we'll be favored in Oklahoma City on Wednesday, considering that Oklahoma City beat us at crypto a week and a half ago. Okay, OKC is better than their record. Right. I think that I and think Shea Alexander is the most underrated player in the league. He is so, so good. Um, so on paper, they could go in three. I don't think they're gonna. I think they're going two and one. They can't. Go yeah. three. Like, <laughs> I think they're it, going two and one. It's really important that they do not go zero and three. Um, but I don't think they will, and I'm very encouraged by what we're seeing. I uh, hit the breaking news thing there for me, uh, Jorge. Um, this just in from Shams Sharania. The Atlanta Hawks have offered their head coaching job to former Utah Jazz coach Quinn Snyder. And both sides are working towards a deal. Um, This is a really good hire by Atlanta. Quinn was an assistant to Mike Brown on the same staff as Darvin Ham. Yep. 
uh, about 10 years ago for the Lakers. Really smart guy. Loved talking basketball with him. Had a good run in Utah, and then they blew that whole thing up. I think that that him going to Atlanta is a really good hire. And I also think, Andy, that if Trey Young doesn't get along with Quinn, I think it's a Trey Young problem. He's now this is coach number three. If he doesn't get along Quinn, who gets along with everybody, I think Trey has to get traded. Well, at that point too, it's like, okay, you've gone from Lloyd Pierce to Nate McMillan. Right. To Quinn Snyder. Like, I don't think all these coaches are the exact same type of coach. So you could say, okay, Trey just keeps running into problems with the coach that is basically a clone of the other coach who's a clone of the other coach. At some point, the common problem is Trey Young. You know, they added DeJounte Murray. They haven't gotten any better. Like, they, they've they've gone backwards since that Eastern Conference Finals appearance. And Trey Young, whether fair or not, accurate or not, he is gaining a reputation as uncoachable and somebody who's just he's an exciting volume shooter and an exciting volume scorer but he doesn't win you anything yeah i think that this keep an eye on this story because this is a really good hire and i think could could help turn around um can help turn effects uh jorge give me control back here thank you um okay so a couple things i want to get to do you see a story about chip kelly the ucla coach he says he has to coach differently for the tiktok generation he says that his players now have the attention span of like an eight-year-old that and he says the number one byproduct of coaching for the tiktok generation is no long meetings he says so we don't meet long our coaches are unbelievable at their presentation and how they present them and how they keep the players engaged but we don't keep them long um, because it doesn't matter what you know. It matters what they know. And if you keep asking questions and checking their understanding and they don't know, then maybe you're running too many meetings. This could apply, Andy, to any business. Long meetings never are a good idea. Think about it. Because half the people don't want to be there. And even the half that does want to be there are afraid to speak up because they know the other half wants to just go home. Well, here's the other thing, too. Chip Kelly may be talking about doing this for the TikTok generation that has a shortened attention span, and he may not be wrong about that, but the truth is, in the social media internet world that we all live in, adults have shorter attention spans. Right. Like, the people running the meetings are going to have shorter attention spans, meaning they're not going to be maintaining their own energy and focus either. Everything's got to be shortened. Um, speaking of college football, did you see this story that um – you know, Deion Sanders is the new coach at Colorado. And because he's there, their ticket sales have surged over 1,400%. 1,400%. They're that anxious to see what Coach Prime is going to do. Which begs the question, Andy, how in the world did it take this long for Dion to get a Power 5 job? I mean... Look, we talked about this before with Eric Bieniemy. Like there, there are obstacles for black coaches to try to have advancement in football. I mean, we just we we've seen enough evidence of this. Then I think with someone like Deion Sanders, he's been. I mean, it's a little bit different now than when he was an athlete because you know he's been a reality TV presence. He's gone a little bit more quote mainstream, but Dion has been a polarizing presence before. So I think it's going to take longer for some programs to buy into him as somebody serious. You also are wondering, like, okay, Deion Sanders can do whatever he wants. Is he going to get bored after a while with coaching? Like, I think with someone like Dion, who has been a star for so long and has so many ability, like so many opportunities to be a star, right? You wonder, like, okay, how dedicated is he actually to this? I think that's something that can be specific to Dion. Um, Bergman, you think Dion's going to work? Yes, I do think he's going to work because he's going he's to be able to um, bring anybody in that he wants for the most part. I not only think he's going to work, think about Andy, you made reference to it earlier. Think about what happens next year in the Pac 12. USC and UCLA go away. Mm -hmm. I think Colorado, he's got a chance to just strike gold there. Well, especially now, like the way. 
the way college football works now and with the NILs, which I, have, I don't have an issue with, but NILs have, lead to more player movement. It just does. Players have more opportunities to seek better deals for themselves. The transfer portal is going to be busier than ever. Really, the coaches, in a lot of ways, become the faces of these programs. I mean, there's there are star players. There are a few, but not that many. Well, and let's say you're the best defensive back in the country and you're in high school. Wouldn't you want to go play for the best sure. defensive back ever? Sure. But, I'm, <laughs> you know? but I'm just saying, like, to Greg's point about – about the attention that's going to be there for Deion Sanders, not just as a recruiter, but literally people are going to be curious about Deion Sanders. Like he is going to be a celebrity coach, like the way Chip Kelly has been, you know, in college, the way, you know, Stoops and other guys have been bigger than their programs. I think that's going to happen with Deion Sanders. Um, All right, coming up next, I will make an impassioned plea for more $2 beer nights. Can't think of anybody to be against that, but I'll make my argument next. Still to come, game of games in about 20 minutes. Mason in Ireland, Andy in for Mace, ESPN LA. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Well, that's not true. Lies. Yeah. uh, It's raining, and it's raining hard, and it's going to rain all night, and it's going to rain all day tomorrow, and part of Sunday. So uh, it might. I think it's actually going to extend into next week, too. Lovely. Well, I leave tomorrow on a Laker roadie. uh, Dallas Saturday. Uh, Monday, we go to Memphis. Tuesday night, we go to Oklahoma City, and there's rain there. According to my iPhone uh, weather app, we are in for this through basically Tuesday. Lovely. Mm-hmm. All right. So everybody I'm be- worried about this thing at SoFi tomorrow. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I'm not- <laughs> you should be able to call somebody, shouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, do a little- it's, it's all of the season ticket holders, so... Send a note to Demoff and ask him if it's still happening. I'll, I'll ask Demoff himself. And see if he wants He'll to get come back to me immediately. And, yeah, that, well, it reminds me of the time one day Lindsay really wanted a Shohei Otani bobblehead. They were giving him away. And Mason calls me and goes, hey, you know what, John Carpino, president of the Angels, right? He goes, yeah. Can you call him and ask him to give Lindsay a bobblehead? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm not calling the president of the Angels and asking him for a bobblehead. He goes, come on, man. She really wants it. I go, tell her to go on eBay. I mean, in the world. Um, all right. So speaking of sporting events, on uh, Wednesday night, two nights ago, number 18, UConn, uh, took down number 20, Providence. 87 to 69. So good battle. Number 18 team against number 20 team. Um, In front of a sold out crowd in stores, which is where UConn plays, uh, they were having a $2 beer night. Gamble Pavilion hosted the event. You could get $2 beers for the entire first half in honor of senior night. Fans lined up to partake in the deal. And uh, Providence coach Ed Cooley, after the game, said he's convinced the beer sale was partially to blame for his team's loss. I thought we were soft, not connected. I think the crowd had something to do with that. The $2 beers worked. And I got to thinking, it's college. Why doesn't every team do this? I think. I mean, if you're asking the reason why, it's because a lot of college 
a lot of the college population is under 21. So well, they can't buy beer then. Well, but there's going to be a concern that you are marketing alcohol towards kids who aren't 21, like an audience Andy, that isn't 21. My job when I was at UCLA for four years. Oh, I know I, about this. I was the campus rep for Anheuser-Busch. Not only do we market to college students, we take great pride in it. John, I had a fake ID before I had a real driver's license. Like, I, I this is not my moral stand against this. You're asking, okay, well, by the way, you're you asking were, me why I think it doesn't happen. You were a bartender, right? Many years. Me too. Here, I'm just letting all you guys know. All you guys who have fake IDs, we know they're fake, all right? The only reason we're serving you is because our boss didn't happen to be in the bar that day. All right. Well, no, the reason you're doing it is because they sometimes send out uh, the alcohol beverage control. They'll send out spotters right. to make sure that you are carding. They'll send in undercover people. And if you get caught not carding, it's not just a fine for the bar or restaurant. It's a fine for you personally. Right. But but once they see you card somebody, oh, yeah. you could show me your Blockbuster card. Well, you need- Does anybody still have one? Maybe uh, in Oregon. Only the one in Oregon. You still have a Blockbuster I so. card? I do. No, no. You need to show me- Something that is a plausible deniability identification. Like your blockbuster, I'm not accepting that because that could be a spotter checking you to make sure what you'll accept. But if you show me something that looks like a real enough My ID, fake ID was so bad. It was a Hawaii driver's license, which somebody had used an X-Acto knife to of change course. the dates. Oh, well, I mean. And then I put it over a like a dirty film of a cover. But so- you know what, though? Old driver's licenses back then looked really janky. Yeah. Like, like I had a fake ID, but the reality is my actual driver's license also looked fake. Well, there you go. Because remember, they were all laminated back then. Well, plus, the picture you showed me earlier when you had, like, the rock star hair, mm-hmm. at some point you didn't look like the picture on your license, right? Well, by then I was actually 21, yeah. <laughs> so it didn't matter. Uh, but Bergman, why wouldn't every school, like, I at UCLA, I lived on campus. I went to all the basketball games. If they did $2 beer night, I, I I do think it would have enticed the crowd to be more raucous. And I don't think it's a safety issue because we are all walking home. Nobody was driving. Greg, why wouldn't everybody do $2 beer night? I have no idea why they wouldn't do it. They should do it. Anybody that we can get inside the stadium and having a good time in there, I think it's It's, it's actually good. only pretty recent that college events are actually allowing alcohol in them. Right. Like, I remember USC. College football didn't game. allow it for a long yeah, USC, time. Yeah, USC, the Col- like the Coliseum. That day you were freezing. Then it was Rose weird. Bowl wouldn't allow it. <laughs> yeah, for oh, a lot of yeah. years. I, yeah, for I, a lot of years. Actually, I almost got kicked out of the Rose Bowl because years ago when I was at USC, I went to the USC-UCLA game, and I tried to sneak in a bunch of Mickey's grenades. You oh, know those wow. little, oh, my the little Mickey's ones? Mickey's liquor. <laughs> Mickey's Pop liquor. the top and see why they call it mean green. <laughs> the little ones. They were those little grenades. And a bunch of them fell out of my shorts and shattered because these were glass bottles yeah. right in front of an usher who started to kick me out. And I was just like, please, man, can I please stay? And he's like, well, we're right at the exit. And he's like, well, look, you know, if I turned around and you weren't here, there's really nothing I could do. And I was so drunk, I couldn't figure out what he meant. And like, you just stood there? Yeah, I stood there for a couple of times. He's like, look, you know, if I turn around, he's practically yeah. like turning me around he, at this you, point. you were too drunk to even <laughs> make it work. Go inside. <laughs> um, one time I was going to a Springsteen concert, and my girlfriend was really cute. And I went, okay, stick this rum bottle down your pants, because they won't check you, <laughs> but they'll check me. Because she she was good looking, and I knew that it, if they, they weren't going to frisk her. And sure enough, she goes in front of me. They go, okay, you go ahead. She walks right through with kind of the sly grin on her face. And then I go, I'm right behind her, and they're checking me. And the one female <laughs> security guard reaches in front of Mary, my girlfriend, and just taps her on the belt, like where your belt would be. Fell out. It just starts slinking down the leg of her jeans like you can see the bottle That's going. That's funny. And I'm like, Put your legs together. You do something. She's like, it's coming out. You know, blah, blah. And the thing hits. And, and, and then she goes, throw it in there. And we look, and there's a trash can with like oh, I'm sure. 200 liquor wow. bottles. In. But if you were selling beer for a $2 beer night, it would be, I think, a huge hit everywhere. And it makes a difference. Oh, I think they're worried it'd be too big of a hit. I don't think they're worried it won't sell enough. I think, if anything, they're concerned it'll sell too much. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, okay. Mind. I brought this up yesterday, but I never went back to it. You have a choice, and you have to pick one or the other, okay? 
I saw this. Dan Orlovsky posted this on Twitter, and it started this huge debate. To me, the answer is easy. If you had to have an accent and you got to pick between a British accent, an English accent, or an Australian accent, which one you take? Australian, no contest. Me too. Simple. Greg? That was where I was going to go, but I feel like you'd get along better with an English accent. Well, I think people are going to like you Jorge, what would you do? I'll go with the English accent. Yeah, English well, is the better accent. Except doesn't, if you have an English accent, don't people They're automatically similar. assume you're snooty? Yes. Depends on, the, it could be Cockney. That is true. Hello. <laughs> it could be Cockney. Right. Like, so it's different types of You have of like English a Statham accents. type accent. People think you're a badass. They'll think you're a tough guy. See, you, that's why you should be going with the, that one. I should go with Statham. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, I don't know if I could tell the difference between an English accent and an Australian accent. Oh, yeah, you can. I the, think the Australian accent sounds cooler, it, but it, it I don't know if like Liam's Hemsworth was standing next to Jason Statham. I don't know if I could tell. You can tell the difference. Oh, between Have some s- respect, some respect between Statham, <laughs> like with that heavy Cockney and like Hugh Jackman, you could absolutely tell the difference. I was watching a uh, my guilty pleasure in life. Andy is watch what happens live on Bravo. And last night, Alan Cumming was one of the guests on there. Mm-hmm. He was on there with Milo Ventimiglia, and uh, who's one of Mason's neighbors, strangely. Um, but Cumming is one of those guys who talks with a very heavy British accent. But I've been watching Good Wife for 10 years, and he talks with a, an American accent and like it's nothing. And then you flip over to, um, I, I mean, there's so many actors that have accents yeah. that just drop in and out of them. Like, like it's you know what's nothing. funny? I, I'm a big fan of the show um, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. And Charlie Hunnam is the star of that show. I believe, Been off the air for a while, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I believe... Jorge, because you're, you're a fan of Sons of Anarchy as well. Oh, yeah. Charlie Hunnam, is he Australian or British? Do you remember? I think British. he's... Aus- British. British. Okay. Yeah. His, his accent over the sh- course of the show, because he started becoming a bigger star, actually got worse because I think he was doing more projects... So it was harder for him to flip back and forth between different dialects. In the beginning of the show, he had the Northern California thing down, I think, really well. Then by like six or seven, you could hear him falling in and out of it. Yeah, I don't even think, like, I, I have like 15 cousins in Ireland. I don't even think I could do an Irish accent consistently. I mean, it's hard to go in and out of accents. So this is how good Jorge is at his job. Go ahead, Jorge. We found no, something. Good. We can found the differences. Okay. It's American. British and Australian. Banana. 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 Okay, so the second one was what? British. Yeah, you're right. And the third one was Australian. Australian. Here's the next one. Tomato. 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 You could hear the difference in the Australian and the English there, right? Yeah, a little bit. Little bit. I'd still go Australian. Water. 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 Yeah, the third one was Australian, right? No, it's the same order. Oh, so it's American, y- Australian, and British. Oh, no, 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 British, no, British, British Australian. Australian. Oh, British, the Australian yeah. tends to be more drawn out. Like the, the vowels. Water. The, water. Water. Uh, coffee. 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 Yeah, that's big. You barely tell. Yeah, that one's not um, much. All right. Dog. 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 Uh, if David Kent is listening right now, he's very yeah. angry. Uh, yeah, David Kent has a cool accent. He's he's British guy. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, if somebody if if somebody you know <laughs> if somebody you know fails a drug test, and then they come up with an excuse, do you ever believe them? We'll get into that next. Mason in Ireland, ESPN, LA. Shark. 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 It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, coming up, gaming games in 10 minutes. Uh, my game today, and uh, we'll battle it out, Andy and Jorge, and we'll get somebody from the afternoon show in here. Um, all right, uh, Andy, the U.S. Defense Department, I think you sent me this. Maybe Greg did. I can't One of you guys sent me this. The U.S. Defense Department issued an official warning to troops last week. If you don't want to pets, uh, test positive on a drug test, you should avoid all poppy seeds. Mm-hmm. In a memo distributed Friday, the Undersecretary of Defense directed military service leaders to notify members to avoid consumption of all poppy seeds, including food products and baked goods containing poppy seeds, out of an abundance of caution. I find protecting service members and the integrity of the drug testing program requires a warning to avoid poppy seeds. Now, as soon as I read this, I thought, wasn't this a Seinfeld episode? It was a Seinfeld episode. Elaine Bennis wants to go to Africa with uh, Jay Peterman and the Peterman catalog people, and she fails a drug test because she's been eating poppy seed muffins, and she can't go to Africa. I've always felt. And I'm curious if you guys feel the same way. That if somebody fails a drug test and they come back with an excuse, for example, I know I didn't do anything. Uh, it must have been the poppy seeds. <laughs> I never believe them, ever. <laughs> Bergman, do you ever believe anybody when they fail a drug test and then they say, oh, uh, I, I, it, it's, it's, uh, I, I take these creatine shakes. It must have been in there. I must not have read the label correctly. Right. No, I don't believe that stuff. Now, but I would, I would with the poppy seeds because of the episode. Jorge, do you ever believe anybody? Oh, never. Uh-uh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like right now, if I took a drug test, I would fail miserably because- for the first time in my life, I'm taking uh, Cappy's gummies to help me sleep. Right. You the one that, that Cappy and Clinton and all those guys give me to help me sleep. So I don't think I would pass the test. But I would go into the test telling them that. Right. Well, it, what it comes down to is, does your does your job require you to pass a drug test or not? Because if they really care, they're going to say, so what? Like we said, you can't take these edibles. So I would blame my barber like that. These. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Now, uh, what's funny is, so, you know, Mason's a big pothead, as he often talks about. And so we used to have this general manager that ran the station we were at in San Diego. It's like 30 years ago. And he comes to us and he goes, all right, corporate ownership requires that each one of you take a drug test. And Mason immediately says, "Uh, I don't believe in that. It's a deal breaker. I will not take a drug test. And the guy looks at him and goes... Well, if you need a couple of weeks, I can get you that. But you got to take the test. And Mason goes, I'm not taking it. And they looked the other way and didn't make him take it. But Mason was offended that the guy said, well, if you need a couple of weeks. <laughs> I go, why are you offended? He's he's literally trying to, to get you to pass the test. Mason goes, because it's an invasion of my privacy. Well, like, you know, there there is a common school of belief that, like, if you're an NBA player who fails a drug test or – you have to it's fail. not from poppy seeds. Well, no, it's, yeah. it's not from, I mean, poppy seeds, the reason you'd fail that is because they believe you're on opiates. Like, I right. mean, these are serious hard drugs. <laughs> but, like, the way I understand it with the drug program in the NBA is, like, you have to fail a couple times before it becomes public. Like, there's an actual suspension. And it's my understanding that there's a lot of, like, wink, wink, where you're getting uh, an informal heads up about when this may be coming. Like, you almost have to work pretty hard to fail enough to where you're all of a sudden getting suspended. Yeah, I don't. If you if you come at me with, I must have been the poppy seeds, it, it very well could have been. I'm just letting you know, I never believe you. If you fail the drug test, I just assume you're on it. Um, okay, I, I saved this for last because I wanted to get to it because I think it's one of the best shows in the history of TV. It came out this morning. Yeah. That Succession is calling it a day after mm. this season, which debuts next month. Um, I did not pick up on Succession when it came out. I had Bergman or Mason or somebody. Was it you, Greg? Were you on it earlier? Did you get on it late? Succession? Like me? Yeah. No, that was uh, that was, was this Steve. Mason. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so great. It's so good, and the casting is fantastic. Andy, am I? Over my top five all time, okay. 
all-time top five shows in in no particular order. West Wing's my favorite show of all time. Uh, Breaking Bad, on the list. Sopranos, on the list. Um, I, I go back and forth. The Wire, for me, is a top five show all time. If I put Succession in my top five, am I overrating it? I don't think so. I, I mean, it might not be in everybody's top five. Oh, by the way, my fifth show in my top five is Curb. But I, I think Succession is of that high of a level that you're not insane to be putting it there. You're not overrating it. It is that good. Um, the Hey, John, of your top five, how many of those shows have no redeeming characters? Curb, zero. Uh, West Succession, Wing, zero. We, Succession, zero. Sopranos, zero. Wire zero. No, that's not true. I think the wire has some redeemable Ooh. characters. Bub, Bubs. Bubs is a drug addict. <laughs> he's not that anymore. That doesn't not make you not redeemable. Just no, because no, no. he's a drug addict. Well, wait a minute though. But you're saying like I think Spoiler. I, I <laughs> the the guy the guy I I seem to root for. I don't know why. On the wire because he just kills everybody. Omar, yeah. Well, but oh, he's Omar, the best, right? But Omar was charismatic. He had a code that he lived by, like he did not take out people who weren't in the game, right? Like you know, he said himself. Another weird thing about Omar, do you know this? Never in any episode of The Wire swore. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because he was raised by his grandmother, and right. he was always around his grand. His grandmother, he used to go to church with her on. Sundays, thinking that was a safe place to be. Does Breaking Bad have any redeeming characters? I mean, think about it. Walter White breaks bad. Uh, Jesse Pinkman, Aaron Paul, just a bad guy. Um, Most of the people in their world are drug dealers. I guess Walt's son would be redeeming. He had a special needs kid. But his wife cheated on him. Brother-in-law? Skyler. Hank, the brother-in-law, was so full of ego that he, he didn't even know that Walt was right under his nose. Um, anybody redeem? I, mean, I would say on Walt Breaking Jr. Bad? It's hard to hold a lot against him. Right, that's what I'm saying. Um, you know what though? I would say here's the thing: Jesse Pinkman did a lot of bad things, but by the end of the show, he was trying to be a better person. Like, remember, he was trying to protect his girlfriend—I forgot her name—and Brock, uh, her kid's son. Like, he was he was actually trying to protect them. He didn't. Well, wa- I always felt like the the second that. Cranston really broke bad, and there's several things you can I think point I can to. Yes, but his girlfriend's name was Jane, right. played by Kristen Ritter. When he let her die, and he breaks into their house because he needs something, and he sees her choking, and it would have been very She's easily. Overdosing. Yeah, it would be very. It would have been very easy for him to get her help and save her life, and he didn't because he thought she was a distraction for Jesse, and they were cooking meth. Right. And he let her die, and I thought, oh, I'm Cranston is so good in that show, but I thought that's the second. I've never asked Brian about this, but I think that to me is the moment in Breaking Bad where you say, "Oh God, he he's capable of killing someone now." Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, like you know, Bubs, for example, on The Wire. Like, yes, he he obviously had a drug problem, but he was trying to be a better person. Another guy actually on The Wire that I thought was redeemable, Cuddy. Remember Cuddy? He's the one that opens the box. Yeah, you feel so bad for him because he gets drawn back into with the with the drugs and the women. But and, then he eventually yeah. gets himself out. Remember, and he, yeah. and he opens that gym and like he doesn't want to do this stuff. Like even even D'Angelo Barksdale, he ends up going to prison, but he's ashamed of the stuff that they were doing, and he wants no part of the criminality with the family. Like I I think when you ask that question of redeemable characters. You have to look at the whole of it, not just the worst things that they did. Right. Well, uh, circling back to why I brought all this up, Succession, which is 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 in the discussion for one of the greatest shows ever, uh, is going to wrap up after the season. Is it? Does it speak poorly of me that what's the daughter's Shiv? Shiv. That I Shiv literally is a terrible person. Huge crush. Well, they all are. I have a huge crush on Shiv. No, I mean she's very <laughs> attractive. She's attractive, Greg. She has tons of money. Yeah. Um, She's Australian. Yeah. And uh, she 
Based, oh my gosh, she's so mean to Tom. She's so mean to her husband. But and I Tells find he doesn't love him. Yeah, I find her somehow attractive. Well, she says probably says more about me than it does yeah, about her. A, a little bit, a little yeah. bit. I mean, she's a, look. All of them. What I think is so amazing about the writing and, and the creating of the characters on Succession is all four of the kids are horrible in their own ways. All four of them can make, I think, a plausible case that they are the black sheep of the family. Because you can tell they all four feel like they're the black sheep. And I think all four of them can make the case that they are. And that's just really good writing. Yeah, I guess you could because Roman never gets the respect or that they give. What's Jeremy Strong's character's name? Kendall. Kendall is, and he's like totally flawed. Um, Shiv, though, they, did she... Would you put her in a black sheep category? I can see how she thinks it because she can feel like her father never respected her enough to even give her some of the opportunities that he was and looking then to give. The one, the one guy, Connor, is the Con guy that just right. constantly Con gets Connor's crapped been like, on. Yeah, he's yeah. constantly left out of everything. All four of them can really feel like they're the black sheep. Right. And Logan, who, who, who is the, the father, is one of the great characters of all time. I mean, just and Brian Cox plays him brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. If he doesn't win Emmy for Best Actor, I mean, for the, that the show, whole cast is get amazing. rid of the Emmys. Uh, all right, coming up next, Game of Games. My game today. Bergman's already locked up uh, the month of February, so we're going to start March. And Greg, is anybody from the afternoon show playing? Cappy. All right, so Cap will get in here. We'll play a little bit, and Game of Games is next. Mason in Ireland, ESPN LA. Sneakers. Trainers. Runners. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, no mace today, but I got Game of Games. It's going to be Andy Kamenetsky, Greg Bergman, Jorge Brionis, and we welcome to the show the one and only Scott Kaplan. Hi, Cap. Gentlemen, um, Johnny, I, I got something to talk to you about when we're done with Game of Games. You it's got it. Related to Laker calls. Okay, I will be, uh, I will be ready and waiting. Now, okay. uh, it's time. This game is called Over Under. I'll give you guys a number. You tell me if the actual number is over or under the number I give you. you. You'll understand when we get going. Here we go. First one. Combined number of NBA Coach of the Year awards won by Pat Riley and Phil Jackson. So you take all the award, Coach of the Year awards that Pat Riley won and all the Coach of the Year awards Phil Jackson won and tell me, is it over or under four and a half? Four and a half combined Coach of the Year awards for Pat Riley and Phil Jackson, Jorge. Over or under? Over. Uh, Greg? Under. Uh, Andy? Under. Cap? Over. The correct answer is under. Pat Riley won three. You know how many Phil won? One. Zero. Oh, well, we did have one. You're the Bulls won 72 okay. games. That was it. So uh, Greg and Andy on the board first. All right. Total number, I'll let Cap go last year because he may know. Total number of Twitter followers of Scott Kaplan. Oh, I don't know. 20K over or under. Greg, Cappy, over or under 20K? Ooh, it's right around there. It is. These are all very close. I'm going to say slightly under. Okay, Andy. Over. Cap. I, I think I'm under. I'm okay. kind of embarrassing. Jorge, me. under. The correct answer, you have 19,900. Oh. No You're way. just under 20K. Yo, can I get for believing in you, can I get to 20? Can I get to 20K today? Yeah. Can that, I get 100 let's people? Let's get Cappy to 20K. All right. 20, so I get the point if he gets 100 people over the course no. of the day? No. Oh. All right. Greg has two. Everybody <laughs> else has one. Um, you actually have 19,926. So there you, you go. Only know All I need is 74. 74. Oh, we can get that done today. 74. Let's do it in five minutes. Yeah. It's, everybody follow Cappy that's listening to this. It's like, it's like your, a telethon. Cap, what's your handle? 
This is sad that I'm having to beg. You don't for know your handle. Wait, at, Scott Kaplan. at Scott at Kaplan. Scott Kaplan. Kaplan. Okay, here we go. Uh, next, Breaking. next one. Combined Grammy Awards for Beyonce and Jay Z. Okay, Ooh. so add up the total for Beyonce, the total for Jay Z, over or under fifty. Andy Kamenetsky, over or under 50? And again, all these are close. I know Beyonce has an insane amount of Grammys. I'm still going to say under. Okay. Uh, Cap. Over. Uh, Jorge. Over. Greg. We're due for an over. Over. It is over. Mm. Beyonce has 32. Right. Jay-Z has 21 for a total of 53. Uh. Just over it. All right. Greg has three. Cappy 2, Jorge 2, Andy 1. All right, here's the next one. Total seasons in which Matthew Stafford has thrown 30 or more TD passes. 30 or more TD passes. Five and a half. Cap, five and a half seasons that Matthew Stafford has thrown 30 or more TD passes. Over or under? I'm going over. Uh, Jorge. I'm going under. Uh, Greg. Over. Andy. He's had to throw a lot from behind. I'm going to still say under, though. The correct answer, under. He's yeah. only done it three times. That's it? Yeah, three times in like 14 no, He had to season. throw a lot. He didn't necessarily win. And by the way, the three times he did it, he was over 40. Yeah. All the other seasons, he was under 30. Really? Uh, all right, so the game's close. Greg, three. Jorge, three. Andy, two. Cap, two. Next one. Total number of seasons that Mike Trout has finished either first or second for American League MVP. Six and a half. So he's finished either first or second. Six and a half. Jorge, over or under? Under. Greg. God, it's right there. Um, It was like every year for a while. I'm going to say over. Okay, seven. Andy. Over. Cap. I'm also going to say over. You'll be glad you did. Seven times. Nice. Mike Trout. I mean, that's amazing. It was every year. Seven times he's finished either first or second. Okay. So that means Greg's got the lead with four. Everybody else has three. So it's very close. Yeah. Real ball game. All right. Total number of career Instagram posts (laughs) for Steve Mason. That's a great question. Career. I just love that it's a career. Instagram post for Steve Mason. The number is 1,900. 1,900. Greg, Greg, over or under 1,900. And again, it's close. So neither neither answer is embarrassing, but over or under 1,900. That's so many posts. But he has so many of of his Culture Pop podcast posts. I'm going to say over. Okay, uh, Andy. When it comes to attention and mace, always bet the over. Okay, uh, Cap. I'm going to go with the under just for the goof. Yeah, uh, Jorge. Yeah, under. Total amount of Instagram posts for Steve Mason, 1,990. It's over. Yeah, yeah. it's over. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, no way you, you were going to do an under for Mason. Yeah. But while yeah. you said that, I had to figure this out. Like, How many have I posted and how do I find that out? And I went to my Instagram profile. I'm at 2,533 posts. All right, you know how many I'm at? Tell me. One. <laughs> My niece made me put a one of her water skiing, because she's a good water skier, and I said, all right, now I can say I'm on Instagram, and I've never I, posted again. I just looked at my Instagram, which I have not used in a long time, 34 posts. Yeah. Or so, all of my daughter. Yeah, uh, I, I applaud you. Uh, if Mason had your daughter's uh, picture, he would, he would post 100 times about your daughter. All right, next one. And now the, the score is Bergman 5. Kamenetsky, four. Cap and Jorge, three each. So I'll make uh, Greg will go first for these last few. Come on, Jorge. All right. Bergman, combined best actor Oscar nominations for Denzel Washington and Tom Hanks. Oh, wow. All right. Stars of Philadelphia. Yep. Wow. Ten. All right. Combined best actor nominations for Denzel and Tom Hanks, ten. Greg, over or under? Jeez. It's close. It has to be. I mean, Hanks has like four or five wins. I'll say over. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Andy. Oh, that is close. I'm going to say, I'm going to say over. Okay. Uh, Cap. Trying to get back in the game. I'm saying under. Okay. Jorge. I'm going under. 
It's over. 12 is the total. Denzel has seven, and Hanks has five. Denzel Denzel was in the house last night, huh, John? Uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking to Brad Turner and Malika Andrews in the media room. Actually, that happened to me one time in the media room, because BT and Denzel, I think, are friendly. they are. And at halftime, Denzel sat down at a table with me and some other people and just was asking us questions about the Lakers. Could not have been any cooler. Great guy. He, I, I was doing sidelines years ago. He was in Orlando, or in New Orleans filming a Spike Lee movie called Inside Job. Inside Man. Inside Man, thank you. And uh, I went to him and I said, Denzel, De- he likes Denzel. I said, Denzel, <laughs> um, can I talk to you about the movie? And he goes, eh. I go, I'll mention the Boys and Girls Club. He goes, done. Okay, I have to share this just because I'm incredibly proud of it. Um, I work with an agency that does event stuff for different uh, sporting events, yeah. like in-game entertainment. And remember the All-Star game? They did that tribute to Jackie Robinson yeah. with those visuals. And sure. Denzel gave a speech. I helped write his speech oh, as, awesome. as part of that project. Yeah, he right. just seems, he seems like a great guy. Okay. I was incredibly There proud. is uh, one question left. Jorge and Cap, you guys have been eliminated. That's so sorry. this is a two-man battle. Greg Bergman has six. Andy, you have five, so I'm going to make Bergman go first. You have to go the other way, mm-hmm. okay? Okay. All right. Greg. Yeah. Combined marriages <laughs> of Pamela Anderson and Kim Kardashian, <laughs> seven and a half. Seven and a half? Seven and a half combined marriages of Pamela Anderson and Kim Kardashian, over or under? Okay. Kim has at least four. And I know Pamela Anderson has at least two. God, it's right there. I'm of course say, it is. I'm going to say over. You say with literally no oh, conviction No whatsoever. conviction whatsoever. Oh. Are you right, going under? I got to go under. Kim Kardashian has officially, Greg, been married three times. Oh, no. But Pamela Anderson's been married five times. No Bergman wins. Wow. No way. <laughs> All right. No way! Five I didn't know times. that. Included in in Pamela Anderson's marriages, I think are two to the same guy. She she married Tommy Lee. Mm-hmm. She married Kid Rock. I'm looking at it right now. She married John Peters, the yep. hairdresser. Yep. Mm-hmm. She married the bodyguard recently, like within the last year. What bodyguard? She married a bodyguard, oh, and, a bodyguard. and didn't she marry Rick Solomon at one yeah, point? Uh, yes. And didn't are- she marry Rick Solomon twice? Um. So Bergman, at yes. least eight. If I count both Rick Solomon marriages, it's at nine. She, nine. She married him in 2007. It was annulled in 2008. Then they got. I'm re- counting the annulments. They got remarried in 2004, divorced in 2015. Um, Cap, what's your question Two about annulments. calling the Laker games? So here's the thing: um, when you call D'Angelo Russell, Russell, right? It's messing with me. Because you'll call LeBron LeBron, right? Sure. Whereas Sometimes. Like, the, like the national guys will call him James. Sometimes, sure. Okay. You say us. I mean, you're yeah. working for the team. Yeah. So so could I just put in a request, please, as sure. your listener? Sure. Can you call D'Angelo Russell D'Angelo? Or D'Lo? I don't care. Just yeah. not Russell because it's screwing me up. I will work it in. Um, by the way, how about this for a dilemma? Oklahoma City, we play Wednesday. Okay, in OKC. Andy, I don't even know if you know about this. They start, this is the first, I've been around NBA basketball for 30 years. First time this has ever happened. They start two players named Jalen Williams who are not related. They're different spellings. But so I go to Matt Pino, the radio guy for the Thunder, and I went, what do you do? And he said, (laughs) I call one of them uh, J. Will, and I call the other one J. Dub. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, the Laker audience isn't going to understand right. that. Well, how am I going to know which one is which? The the uh, And so, you know what I decided to do? I just say Jalen Williams. It's an easiest, it's the easiest thing to do. Ball over to Jalen Williams, throws it to the other Jalen Williams, and he lays it in. Yeah, it's oh, also... But then you're calling him the other Jalen Williams. Yeah, uh, but what else can I do? They also have uh, Kenrich Williams on the team. They have three Williams And all on three the of those Williamses started when we played. Th- they played the yes. Lakers at Crypto a couple weeks ago. Then they have a guy named Alexander Pokachevsky. 
So they have all these, like, it's the hardest team to be the announcer for in the history of the NBA. Uh, hit the super stager, Jorge. There is the Scott Kaplan megaphone. Hey, but let me take care of a little business first. Game of games, uh, always powered by Call Jacob. Winning matters. That's why after an accident, you got to go to calljacob.com or call 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. We welcome to the show George Sedano and Scott Kaplan. Um, boys, we have a dilemma that I'll get to in a second, but let me ask Sedano. Um, mm-hmm. George, since you do play-by-play now, um, how would you handle my Jalen Williams dilemma? I have to call a game on Wednesday where they start two players named Jalen Williams. Which, and and I keep in mind, it's radio, so you're not going to be able to, to see it on TV. Um, you call games on the radio. What should we do? Um, so I have not had to call an OKC game because they're not on national radio. Very um, much, right. But I would do what I would do is this. Uh, Jalen Williams, number six versus number yes, eight, right? One right. of them went, yes. one of them is a power forward. The other one is a shooting guard. Right. Um, so I would perhaps reference like when I would say, um, Jalen Williams, uh, the shooting guard, I would say, uh, or the guard even, or Jalen Williams, the forward, right? Like that, I, like I think that I, would probably be the best way to do it. Cause I know you have them again coming up in a couple of days. Yeah. But wait, Wednesday. I thought George, what you were saying was Jalen Williams versus eight, right? On so Jalen Williams radio, six, but keep over in to mind on the, on, eight. on the radio, radio capping, they can't, they yeah, can't they, tell. They can't tell. But, but, it, but it, on the radio, if you understand one's a guard and one's a forward, you understand where they are on the floor better. Most times. Yeah. And Michael's so good with stuff like this. We can have a lot of fun with it. He'll come. Michael will come up with some goofy Bahamian way to tell him. You a could also say guard uh, Jalen for, Jalen Williams for Jalen Williams. Yeah, the hard yeah, part is when three Williams yeah. are on. And then when Kenrick, yeah. when Kenrick Williams gets out there, K Williams. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, Ken, we'll, Kenrich, we'll, Kenrich Williams, also a power forward, right? Yeah. But at least his name is Kenrich. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's that. Uh, but yeah, that's what I would do. I would say Jalen Williams, uh, the guard, versus Jalen Williams, the forward. Okay. So, Bergman, what is the latest on O'Shea? O'Shea is going to be going on with uh, Sedano and Cappy. Okay, good. Oh, is Mason going to be upset about this? Yes. I don't need this. <laughs> but, but I don't need this in my life. He is going to be no, upset, fine. but it, this is the difference between when Mason's here and when he's not. So, we had O'Shea. O'Shea reached out to Greg and he said, Hey, I want to come on. It's my birthday, and Cocaine Bear's coming out. Happy birthday. I want to get yeah, happy birthday, Shea, uh, is coming out on Friday. And Greg said, Done. Two o'clock, you're coming in. So, O'Shea texts him back and says, Hey, I got a problem. Uh, Sedano and Cap want me to, so why don't I just come on during crosstalk? And when Greg told me that, I said, Boy, are you lucky Mason's not here. Because this would be the end of Mason and Sonata. Oh no no! If it was Mason was there, I wouldn't even I wouldn't I wouldn't even entertain it. Honestly, if Mason is going to get pissed off, like I don't want to entertain it anyway. I could always just call O'Shea myself. Right. So <laughs> when I so. when I heard this, the, apparently Lindsay felt strongly about having him on your show. I said take him. Uh, because Mason's had the impression that certain guests can only go on certain Right, they're shows. only, they're like, yeah, they're like Mason and Ireland, like, only. Yeah. Right, and it's Nothing like, could okay. be further from the truth. I, I mean, I could care less when they come but on. But this is how the alliance ends. Like, it starts, restarts. Yeah, but, but Mason, not, wait, Mason won't care if he's not here. He, right. he like, and, he's not listening. He's, right. he's like, he's in, a, he's in an Aaron Rodgers hole with the lights out. <laughs> he'll get word, though. That's the problem. He'll get word yeah, he that O'Shea. No, he, yeah, if, if he's not here, he doesn't care. Okay. I agree I mean, with Andy, and I, I'm actually a little apprehensive about the entire situation myself because I don't want Mason to get mad at me. Yeah, he will. I, when, when, when he finds out, he'll hold it against you for, uh, George, how long does he stay mad? Oh, my God, forever. <laughs> like, that's my point. Like, Jesus. this will lead to the alliance breaking up between Sedano and Mason. Before I don't think so. Oh, restarts. my God. I don't think so. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's I, – I, I think that Mason not being here takes it off the plate. Well, I would also just blame Lindsay. No offense. Yeah, there you go. That's well, actually that's a what, really good idea. That's what Mason did yeah. for two years. So <laughs> just blame Lindsay. Yeah, <laughs> just like he blames Greg. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a really good idea. We, George, you and I could say like, "Hey, Mace, to be honest with you, we didn't think it was a good idea. We realized that O'Shea is, you know, belongs to your show, so we didn't feel good about." It. But then Lindsay went and booked him, and then we didn't want to be jerks by canceling it because then that makes us look bad. So there it's you all go. all Lindsay's fault. Yeah, Let's blame her. Now you're home. Um, so. Guys, let me ask you the question I asked Andy and Greg earlier. Um, how excited or optimistic am I allowed to be, George, about the Lakers winning these two games in blowouts, keeping in mind no Zion Wednesday and no Wiggins and no Steph last night? Still, 
these new Lakers all look really good. How enthusiastic can I be moving forward? Well, I would say that if 10 is like you're ecstatic and fireworks are shooting out of your orifice. We're going to the right? finals, right, yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Uh, or one is like not at all. I would say, I, you know, I'd say like a solid six or six and a half. Good. I'll take it. Yeah. Oh, I was going to go up a little higher. Uh, I was going to go into the eights. Why higher? Into the eights. Well, here's why. Because you know what this team really needs right now is it needs like a bunch of preseason games. Well, luckily, at least the last two because have basically of been that good point. Yeah. Right. So, so at, look, if, if they lose last night to a very shorthanded Golden State team, what are we all saying today? Forget it. It's over. No. Mason was right. Yeah. It's over. Right. They, they, we, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, right? Correct. Like It's like uh, what Chris Rock says. You're supposed to take your kids to the zoo. Right. So these guys win these games, which, yes, they're playing against some shorthanded teams. But they had to win them, number one, and they had to use the opportunity to learn to play together. Now, it's only two games, but, John, I, I'm, I think you should be an eight on the excitement meter. Good. Uh, I, I'm very naturally excited about how well they're playing, and I'm thinking this road trip is a two-in-one trip. Let's see if I'm right. I'm, it's weird, guys. I'm more excited about this three-game nothing road trip to three like not glamorous cities than I've been – probably since the the bubble title. I, I just really want to see if they can play against, particularly, uh, Sedano, the Memphis game. I want to see if, uh, I, I don't know if they can win it, but I want to see if they can give them a game. I think they can. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I, I think they match up pretty well against them, yeah. uh, particularly. Like, like here's the thing. If they if the Lakers make it out of the play-in, or they just, let, let, I mean, obviously they got to make it there first. Right. So let's, like, you know, one thing at a time. But if, let's say they did make it out of the play-in, I told Cappy the other day because he asked me, like, who would you rather see? I, I would hope that they can get to the seven because I would I would much rather take my chances with Memphis than I would with Denver, the way Denver's playing. Like, Denver just added Reggie Jackson into the mix. And, like, the, Denver's a really complete team. And I know everyone says, oh, Nikola Jokic isn't playing any defense. They've been really good defensively, like, the last six weeks. They just started off terribly. But now... They're a pretty good defensive team. Like, they've been a top 10 defensive team the last month and a half. So, but Memphis, to me, it's still that thing of, like, they're young. Like, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. hasn't played a ton of playoff games. So, I, I still feel like they could be had. Their, their bench is super-duper young, even more young than their starting five is. So yeah, they, gave away, they gave away a game in Philly last night Memphis that they hasn't probably shouldn't have well lately, period. They're not playing well right now. Um, no, they're not. They're not. But but I, I just don't love them to come out of the West anyway. Um, I would If I had to pick a team to come out of the West, I would pick Phoenix and Denver at the top, and then everyone else kind of falls into a category afterwards. So, um, yeah, I, I just would rather them get to at least the seven where they can secure – first of all, they don't have to play an extra game in the play-in round. Let's start right. with that. And then, um, then that way they just win the one and they're good at seven if they can get there. I mean, clearly you want to get to the six. You want to play Sacramento because that's a that's a winnable series. But I don't know how e how easily they're going to be able to get to the six. Uh, I think that's a really tall order. Right. Um, although George, they beat Denver this year um, in a, in a game where AD kind of neutralized Jokic, and I it, it it seems to me like they could give Denver a series. But let's let's cross all these bridges when we get to them. I, I they get, like you keep saying, Andy, they got to get there first. Yeah, it, it's going to be hard for them no matter how they get there. But if they get there, it means by definition they're playing well. Like it is impossible for the Lakers to back into the playoffs. There's no other yeah, way. Than got, they got to go through the front door loud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like yeah. if they manage to get into the playoffs, they really do become a team that probably nobody wants to play. All right, um, John. John, hold on. Let me ask you a question. So last night, you know, George and I are, you know, we're kind of doing our thing last night. You know, kind of working the crowd a little bit. Right. Working the pregame. Yeah. And we're working the suite. You know, got to go up to the nightclub and say hello to everybody. And we're kind of no, working. You did all the that. Arena. I didn't do any of that. <laughs> <didn't do> that. <laughs> kind of work in the arena last night. Right. I would expect so I, nothing less. So I leave at halftime. You know. You pulled a Mason. I did. I yeah. admit it. You know, I got to drive to South South LA. So and it was yeah, going to yeah. take me ninety minutes, and I didn't know about the rain and what was going to happen. So um, so I'm driving home and I'm listening to the game broadcast, and the Lakers are up by twenty in the fourth quarter. Right. And you're saying LeBron James, LeBron James, and I'm going. Wait a second. They're up by 20 in the fourth quarter. This one, they're going to win. 
Why is he still in the game? I mean, his okay, health it's a fair is so qu- yeah. critical. It's a fair question. This is my guess, and Andy, I'm curious if you agree with it. He only played 26 minutes. And at the time I was saying that stuff, Cap, when they were up 20 in the fourth, he was 3 of 15 from the field. So I think the reason he was still out there was to try and work through that. He had an unusually bad shooting night. And I think they wanted to let him see if he could find his rhythm because this big trip is coming up. That's my only answer. Andy, what do you think? Either that or, I mean, some type of streak or whatever he had going. Like, if there was something along those lines, like a point scoring streak. Yeah, he had a 20-point streak that fell last night. Right. But the 10-point streak is, like, the the really amazing one. It's like like every year since 2005. Right. So, I mean, if LeBron was trying to maintain that or, like you said, I mean, he he really looked off last night as far as his scoring went. Like, he – he was missing shots around the rim that he but, normally By the way, sleep. Sedano, I think the fact that they mm-hmm. won a game when LeBron and AD didn't have it, you know, yeah. AD only took five shots, LeBron yep. was terrible. I'm not sure that's a game they would have won before the trade. Oh, no win. question. They get slaughtered. They, they lose by 20 in that game, right. uh, a, you know, two weeks ago, basically. You know why, George? Why? Because at that point, you know what they didn't have? Lasers. That's right. Oh, uh, there you go. Now they got them. Yep. Yeah. Um, hey, hit the breaking news thing for a second. Hurry. I, I, I'm sure you guys have heard that the uh, the Classico, LAFC against the Galaxy, which was scheduled for tomorrow at the Rose Bowl, has yeah. been postponed. No, Traffico. No, no. Traffico. Tra- Traffico. Uh, that, yeah. That's right. What's, yeah. what's Classico? What Classico is-, is Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so Traffico, which is a perfect name. Um, <laughs> they've just rescheduled it. To when? Tuesday, July 4th. Come on. Really? So they're going to make sure it doesn't rain. They're going to play it right. on the 4th of July. And, and wow. they're still going to play it in the Rose Bowl? Yeah. Oh, okay. At 7.30 at night on the 4th of July. Add fireworks. I'll do that. Oh, Let's I'll do go it. There. That's actually a really fun 4th of July. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that. Especially because Pasadena already does a great job on 4th of July anyway, right? Like with the fireworks. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I applaud them, by the way, guys, for canceling this game tomorrow. Apparently, the field's underwater. But more importantly, I'm very glad that neither one of you got in your cars and drove here today. I hydroplaned. I have a relatively new car, about a year old. I hydroplaned three times on the way here today. It's just a terrible time to have people driving. It's going to be raining all night. And, and to, to, to get 80,000 people to the Rose Bowl to watch a, a game in a kiddie pool would have been really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, they made a really other, good move here. The other part of it is, isn't this game, like, maybe check me on this, but it's it's an Apple TV game, and for all I know, it could be the very first MLS game on Apple. It, it's the season yeah. opener, or yeah. it was. You want to make it a good product. It. That's a so good the, call. Right, so my point is, right, exactly. You don't want to show an empty Rose Bowl if you're trying to show off this, you know, inner city rivalry. And the, this weather that we're having is historically bad. I mean, they're saying that we haven't had a storm in Los Angeles that's this cold and this rainy in 30 years. You see the yeah, snow I, at the Hollywood sign? It's already, oh, wow. They said there was yeah. going to be some snow in places we hadn't seen it in a while. It, but, it's, yeah. um, I mean, the mountains are just insane right now. Like, it's just wild. Even the foothills, you know, like you go basically anything above 2,000 feet over uh, sea level and it's just wild. Like, it's, <laughs> I mean, for, God forbid you're up there in like the mountains, like in Big Bear or something like that. Like, then you're in real trouble up there from a blizzard perspective. So, and then you'd have to have that four wheel drive from Honest Abe, I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, I will. Hey, I would um, have to. Before we get out of here, wait, wait. Actually, I have a question for you, John. Since, yes, sir. Since Cappy mentioned Apple, you're, I mean, still a Pac-12 guy for one more year, yeah. and it may not affect you anyway, but boy, did they screw up this um, rights deal situation. Cappy and I were talking about this the other day. George, I don't know. I said it earlier in the show. I don't know of a sports organization who is more lost than the Pac-12. Uh, they, they cannot get out of their own way, whether it's losing their two biggest schools uh, to a, a conference that the schools didn't even want to go to, to not getting a TV deal cleared on DirecTV, to now not getting a TV deal cleared anywhere. They, there's no excitement around their championship games. I, I, I just don't get how they can be this mismanaged. And this is yet another chapter for the book. They've already got rid of Larry Scott. Uh, George Klevikoff, the new, uh, the new commissioner, was supposed to be much better. He seems to be continuing this long streak of bad decisions. I, yeah. I don't get why the Pac-12 can't get out of their own way, but they can't. Well, you know what's crazy to me is that Michael Yormark, I believe, is the is the Big 12. It's either Brett or Michael. They're brothers. Yeah. Um, and one of the Yormarks is now the Big 12 commissioner. He was there for five minutes and immediately got on the phone with Fox and ESPN and got a Big 12 deal hammered out because his thinking was, we need to get this done before the Pac-12 does or we're going to get screwed. And I don't understand why the Pac-12 has this um, continued 
notion of, oh, if we take our time, things will fall into place. Dude, we're about to hit a recession. Like, are you serious? Everybody's going to tail back on their spending. Like, this this could not have been a worse way to handle this situation for the Pac-12. And they continually do this. I mean, every time they have a chance to do something good, it goes the other way. I mean, it just it, – and I'm – at first, I thought UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12 was really bad because it's going to make you know the volleyball team fly to Maryland for right. one match. Yeah. Now I just think getting away from these Pac-12 knuckleheads is the way to go. We, I just think they uh, marrying yourself to that conference and that company and those people is a losing proposition. We, we talked but, about this before, John. They may be relying on Coach Prime to save the Pac-12. Really? Yeah. I know. But do you buy Mick Cronin saying that his seating in the preseason seat? Or the pre-tournament seeding is uh, is a joke because they're being penalized for... Here's, George, here's how you can tell. Yeah. There's one more UCLA-Arizona game to be played. It's next right. week. If yeah. UCLA wins that game and Arizona gets a better seed, then you know Mick Cronin is not being paranoid. Right. I Actually, Cappy disagreed with me. I looked at the USC schedule. They have four games in five weeks against the toughest opponents in their conference. Like, in the past, those games have been spread out a little bit. Cappy doesn't think that that's revenge. I absolutely 100% think that's yeah, I revenge. Don't, well, let's just say I don't think they're doing SC or UCLA any favors. as they're, you know, It's like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Well, yeah, you know well, what? USC I mean, and UCLA are going to have the last laugh when they right. go to a better conference. And get $100 so. yeah. million dollars yeah. the day they walk in. All right, Tonato and Cap with special guest. O'Shea oh, Jackson geez. Jr. I don't know about that. Wait, 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 wait. you can't turn it down now. It's his birthday, Cap. Oh, it's happy birthday, idea. O'Shea. Yeah, bad happy idea. birthday, Shea. All right. Where's uh, Mason anyway now? Was he in a darkness retreat Yeah, too? he's uh, no, in Oregon the- in a hole and with uh, <laughs> no lights. Um, <laughs> Crosstalk presented by Coors Light. Keeping Southern California chill all season long. Have a great weekend, everybody. Sonato and Cap next ESPN LA.